friends are like old memories. They always remind you of your past. And we are reminding ourselves of the past episodes from this week of Good Company for the best of Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. I'm Holly Taylor. We're talking about taking control of some of those digital distractions in our lives because then it can be, in some cases, inescapable. So different people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates actually have strategies for limiting their children's screen time. So those can be searchable online. But it's interesting that these essential tech titans have been able to create strategies for screen time usage because they know it's important. It creates, like we said before, either children who can um, control the different kinds of things pulling their attention versus those who just kind of, oh, we're going wherever because that just told us to do this. It allows us to create space for our kids in their brain to have discernment. So teaching them at a young age is one thing they say is important to do and to talk about screen time um, and how it comes at the expense of time spent in other places, knowing that they're trading time with a device versus time with people, time eating food. Uh, So that's kind of an interesting concept. Uh, Also, helping them to develop a little bit of uh, skepticism, uh, not in like a negative way, but more in a a way of discernment. Another thing that they have noted is that our kids need a sufficient amount of autonomy when it comes to the devices. So it's, you know, using um, one of the smart speakers. I was going to say the name, but I, if you've got one in your room, I don't want it to like start setting timers for you. But, you know, insert smart speaker's name here. Uh, set a timer for five minutes and allowing our kids to set the time frame and stick to it. Because in a lot of cases, they actually will. Um, and so it's great to see those little things that we can do to encourage them to become indistractable. I got a great message here. It's from Fred. He says his grandkids love being on devices and they've actually had some great conversations about devices, how they impact you, and how, you know, they're not always healthy, but they can be healthy. So yeah, I think that's really great, Fred, having those open dialogues with the kids and just trying to figure out what is going to be best for them. What's going to work for them? How can they uh, practice that habit? of limiting things that may not be good for them in big dosage. And honestly, this is something that works for all of us, not just the kids, as technology is new for all of us. And um, sometimes can be hard to navigate when there's not tons of research. But the research is coming out, and overall it's saying we need to make sure we guard our time, which seems actually pretty biblical, doesn't it? I think of Second Corinthians 10.5, where it talks about We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if we're spending lots of time on the screen, are we taking captive of those thoughts? Those things are going into our head? If not, discernment needs to happen, and of course, learn to become indestructible. So yeah, it's a great muscle to exercise. Well, thanks to technology, even though we've been saying how it can be sometimes a negative influence in our lives, uh, you can listen to us lots of different places, pretty much wherever you are. If you've got a smart speaker, a smartphone, a computer, you can still be encouraged by content that is uplifting. And of course, through the radio by going to 1250 on the AM dial. I'm Holly Taylor, and on this conversation of devices and things that 
uh, our children are doing, like video games. Well, here's a little fun stat for you that they've been doing a lot of research on some of the different age brackets that have been under-monitored. And so what they're determining is that video games are not damaging to children's brains. So I found that interesting because often you think about video games and it, you know, I don't know, it just seems to have negative impacts. And so maybe it could in some areas, but not in the cognitive brain. So if you're worried about video games impacting their ability to perform well at school, they say no connection. No. (laughs) It could take away from time that they could be spending doing their homework to learn school stuff. But the direct correlation between video games and performance on a cognitive level, it's not going to negatively impact them. So, um, I, I, yeah, that's great because I know some kids actually now use games as a way of connecting with their friends. It's a social thing. It's not just them being by themselves, playing a game, lost in this digital world and so it's really changed a lot. I see some kids on Minecraft and I'm just thinking how are they coding so fast? Like it's phenomenal and some of these skills are actually very transferable. So for some video games they can be learning a lot when it comes to them being able to have a foundation for a career later on. This is again where discernment comes in and picking the appropriate games that work for you and for your family. I uh, was never really a gamer. My kids actually have an old Nintendo. We, we have it kicking around, so they'll play like the old school, like Generation 1 Super Mario when it was just Mario, no Super. So that's what they play. That's the level of gaming we're at. Producer Mike, are you a gamer at all? Those old ones are some of my favorites, eh? Like the yeah. old Mario Brothers and yeah. some of those old Nintendos. Those were great. The sound effects are just like burned into my those head. Those 8-bit little... Yeah. I liked them too because they didn't feel too real. Like it felt like a game. Yeah, it wasn't so visceral. You couldn't... Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. Separated from reality enough that it doesn't feel so intense. Exactly. Exactly. You're just stomping on turtles or whatever. What were those things Mario jumped on? I have no idea. I, again, was not a huge gamer. Duck Hunt was pretty much... That was a fun one, yeah. (laughs) little pistol you'd fire at the TV and flash. Yeah. It was, like, so fascinating. Yeah. So there you go. Um, You don't have to worry about your kids not being able to learn. They're actually just learning different things. Lots of ways for you to join us here at Good Company, whether it be through our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, look for Good Company, or simply listening to the radio, going to the 1250 little part on your dial on the AM side of things. Also, we are streaming at joyradio.ca, or you can use your smartphone and download the My Joy Radio app. I'm Holly Taylor. We talked about quiet quitting a while back, a new trend of people just kind of being there, but not really being there. Well, guys, we have another <laughs> another trend to watch out for. It's called Bare Minimum Mondays. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think it really needs a name. I kind of think that just is par for the course. Mondays, I don't know if we're always uh, showing up with uh, all engines firing. It sometimes feels like it takes a while to really get into it. But yeah, bare minimum Mondays is uh, also referred to as BMMs. And it's, you know, you had a hectic weekend, maybe a lot was going on, and then you're at your desk and you're thinking, okay, 
I just have to make it to 5 p.m. And so you are essentially just realizing that you are tired, you are maybe feeling run down, and you're going to do just what you have to do. You're not going to exceed any expectations. You're just going to get her done, and you're just going to go home. Minimum effort. (laughs) Where are these even coming from? And the fact that we need names for them, I'm pretty sure it's, you know, a case of the Mondays. It's a Monday. So there you go. Bare Minimum Mondays, apparently now a thing. I'm Holly Taylor, and there's a TikTok that's gone viral that I think for all of us who are, um, I think for sure in our 30s, 40s and up, will literally roll your eyes because it's hilarious, but just so indicative of where we are today. It is a lady, she nannies for three children and was trying to reach them and uh, couldn't trying to get one on an iPad, one on a phone, and she just was having the worst time trying to track down these kids to get them where they needed to be and was really frustrated. And the nine-year-old had this really great idea. Like, what if there was a phone in your house and it never left your house? And then the nanny, like, (laughs) all jokes aside, was like, yeah. And, like, you know how you can lose your remote controls and things like that? So what if there was a cord on it and you attached it to, say, a wall or a table? They really and truly thought this was a brand new invention. It was kind of cute, very comical, and got me thinking about how, how much things have changed just in the past 20, 30 years. Yeah, she's completely and very accurately defining what a landline phone is, which a lot of you still have, some may not. It just goes to show how technology has really gone to more of those handheld devices. They're with you, not at your home. So there's still obviously a need for things like landlines. It would make things easier when you're trying to track people down. But the conversation just got, A, me smiling, so I thought, oh, that's kind of cute. She's talking about a technology that's kind of become obsolete, but maybe it shouldn't be. Is there a technology that you think should be brought back? It would be super helpful and handy to have. Or maybe you're seeing um, trends cycle and you think, no, don't bring that back again. Like the bell-bottom pants that are super long. Yeah, let's not bring those back again, not for the third time. (laughs) So what are some of those trends that should come back, like a landline? Lots of ways for you to join us here on Good Company using all the marvels of modern technology like a radio, uh, like a smartphone, smart speaker, or yes, we are streaming at joyradio.ca. Talking today about technology that might be moving into the world of being obsolete, but maybe it shouldn't be after a TikTok viral video was saying we need a phone that's attached to the wall with a cord so that we can always reach people. Um... We, we had that in the 80s and 90s. Just not now in a lot of homes that children are growing up in. So what would you add to this list of things that are maybe becoming obsolete, but maybe we should hold on to them a little bit tighter? Producer Mike, do you have anything? Oh, I've got one. You know when you call a friend mm-hmm. and that certain friend that never answers their phone? Yeah. We should bring back pagers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My dad never answers his phone. He's the worst at it. If he yeah. just had a pager like he used to, yeah. that'd be so easy. Just, hey, call me back when you get a chance. Yeah. Because like, there's no point in trying to call him anyways. Exactly. Or even leave a message. I cannot tell you how many messages I still have my phone. I've just never checked. Yeah, there's that too. So let's uh, get... Let's bring back pagers, too, while we're at it. Pagers and, and the old, uh, yeah, the 
the voicemail, the voice machine that had the tape in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear that thing hit the end of the tape. Exactly. When I leave a really long message. Yes. Yeah. See, that was always <laughs> easier. Just hit play. I don't have to try to remember another password or... Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then, oh my goodness. Do you remember trying to create the outgoing message? Yeah, you try to be all clever. <laughs> you sing with the family or something. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it brought personality to technology. Okay, let's bring these things back. <laughs> 